Welcome to Top 5, Season 2, On the Road, in the mobile podcast, coming to you live to tape from the Memer Dome. The Memer Dome? The Memer Dome. Ghost Town. I'm your host, Taylor Matris. This is uh, the podcast for every week. My special guest comes on, picks a topic they want to talk about, and then we count down our top fives in that topic, whether or not I know anything about it. You could pick anything. You could pick top five Super Nintendo games, top five furnitures that you find uncomfortable, or top five awful hobbies to get into. All five are cassette tape collecting. Today, my guest is Mike Begay. How are you, Mike? Taylor, I'm so glad to be here. I uh, This is going to be the longest conversation we've ever had, so I'm looking forward to that. I honestly don't think we've ever talked for more than three or four minutes. So I'm nervous. Are you? Nah. You shouldn't be. No one listens. It's just you and me, buddy, and the endless void. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what did you choose for your top five? Well... I'm choosing my top five favorite Tom Waits songs. I love how this came up. Just the fact that you saw a Tom St. Tom Waits candle in my apartment, and then boom, top five. You were like, I was like, this is mine now, and I'm leaving. And you're like, we should talk about that. We can do that. Let's do that. And there it was. With 20 minutes of prep time, we're prepared. Because we're goddamn professionals. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, how did you discover the weird world of Tom Waits? Not to get into a whole thing about my upbringing, but all of my interests pretty much are born from the fact that I had no influences at all from my family, <laughs> and everything I've stumbled upon entirely was at random. You were raised by wolves, correct? My, you know, wolves would have been probably a step up. Uh, I've never <laughs> known a wolf to have poor taste in music. <laughs> so, ultimately... It could have been something small, like just being in college and trying to download some bullshit on LimeWire and accidentally clicking the wrong song. I, think, I actually think that I have a song in mind. I think that happened. You, you tried to download you know, a Bob Dylan song, and it wasn't Bob Dylan. It was Tom Waits. And then that was in your brain, and it never left. Nope. It uh, yep, took a big dump in my brain and stuck. You know, it's, it's tough because Tom Waits becomes a weird earworm in you. Not that it's a catchy music, but it's... Once you start listening to that, nothing else quite scratches that itch. You know, like a parasite. And it's so it's so underrated and with I mean the most like inconspicuous rock and roll hall of famer ever for sure. Yeah, he just got in a couple years ago, right? Yeah, you would I mean, never have any idea. Actually, I think about the Rolling Stone came out with their list of the top hundred singers, and it had uh, Tom Waits was on it at like eighty two. Eighty two bullshit. Ahead of like. Don Henley and Karen Carpenter, Mary J. Blige. Oh, Mary J. Blige was and, on the And you know what? They released some of the ballots from like other artists who had like contributed, and uh, Keith Richards had Tom Waits at like five. Oh, I agree. I think, I think he's an artist's artist in a lot of ways. I think they were trying to cluster some folks together because I think he's right around like Patti Smith. Okay, so they were they came in similar. I met a guy at a bar. He was the old guitar player from 10,000 Maniacs. He was just like a sad gay drunk and, and we were hanging out with him and I was like who's the coolest guy in show business? And he goes, Freddie Mercury. I'm like, who's the meanest person you've ever met? And he goes, Patti Smith. And I went, really? 
You know, part of me's not really surprised. I'm definitely not going to get into Patty Smith because I'll just be upset and it'll make my Tom Waits choice so much angrier. Sure, sure. <laughs> After that, it's jockey full of bourbon four times. That's right. All right, I think we're into this. Let's let's begin. Mike, what is your number five Tom Waits song? My number five Tom Waits song is off, I wouldn't say one of my favorite albums because it's a live album. Uh-huh. And live albums don't typically do it for me. Maybe it's because the first live album I ever bought was uh, Frampton Comes Alive. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm, I've probably been scared of it forever. And then also somebody got me Queen Live Magic, speaking of Freddie Mercury, and oh. it's just, just horrible. Just yeah. unlistenable. I've never even heard it. So, well, there you go. We both learned something. Good. Today, I guess. Right. But my, so my fifth favorite song, I would say, is Better Off Without a Wife. Better Off Without a Wife. Okay. I can't remember that song. Well, it, it totally works live because... Oh, wait. Is that the one where he, he's like, he takes himself on a date? It's like, oh, my friends are married every time in Dick, Dick and, and Harry. Harry. Okay. Yep. Very, like, very sarcastic. It's, it really showcases the humor of Tom Waits for sure. Yeah. Kind of a little anthem. So, it's just a funny-ass song. It is. But I feel like it's representative of like of Tom Waits not being honest with himself because he's singing about how much you know oh, his friends are getting married and I can go fishing and do all kinds of stupid shit or whatever. But clearly, Tom's not being honest with himself. Now that's interesting because I hadn't come up with that before because it does sound he's he's like oh my friends are all yeah. wrong and and I can do whatever I want and I'll never grow yeah, up. Like it's, Girl, she's been married several times. She, I don't want to end up like her. She's been married so many times. She's got rice marks all over her face. <laughs> you know the kind. Good, good riffing off the crowd, but yeah, you know, it was just as long as I can be with me, we get along so well. I can't even believe it. I'm pretty sure he was married during that album. Oh, I'm sure. He's been probably... married for like. 40 years or something. Yeah, his wife, uh, Kathleen Brennan, is a songwriting partner for yeah. all of his songs. I, I I mean, that's probably, you know, she's the inspiration for a lot of them. It's not like uh, um, Springsteen had um, <clears throat> the song Reno uh-huh. which, on that, like, Devils and Dust album that came out, like that big post-9-11 album. Yeah. And it has, like, this song about, like, fucking a hooker in the ass. <laughs> and, like, you know, I like I think I've seen videos of him, like, doing it on stage and looking over his wife in the band. He's like, like eh. sorry. He doesn't do it very much. <laughs> I probably wouldn't. I, I think that would be a real D-side. I don't think he'd come on with the encore for that one. <laughs> for nine hours. You know what? Hey, I got a Clapton live album that he comes out the gate with uh, Smile by Charlie Chaplin. You think, oh, Clapton, he's going to do Layla, you know, whatever. It's just, no. No. So, definitely getting off on a tangent. But Better Off Without a Wife is uh, is just a funny-ass song to show, that showcases Tom Waits' vocals and, and interaction with the crowd. Yeah, <clears throat> it really does. I think that's a very Tom Waits song in, in like, you know, the piano's been drinking kind of, uh, yeah. like, barroom ballad kind of thing. Even, like, the I Hope That I Don't Fall In Love With You is, you know, he falls in love with the, yeah. the song where... He's probably not better off without a wife. No, he's probably much, much worse. At least the character of Tom Waits, who is up all night in diners and bars and, and uh, you know, kind of a barfly, you know, loser. He's a loser. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> he it's, could probably uh, be reined in, would be good for him. Looking up from the, looking up at the stars from the gutter. Yeah. Is the, is definitely. 
No, I agree. I agree. All right. My number five is Poor Edward off of Alice. Wow. I know. It's number five, but it scares the shit out of me. There are very few songs where I'm like, that is a scary-ass tune. So it's all about this guy who has an evil face on the back of his head that talks to him in a woman's voice and eventually convinces him to kill himself. And I went, what a twisted, fucked up thing. Who would ever think of that? It's real. There really was a guy who had a face on the back of his head. He was like an English aristocrat and then eventually killed himself. It makes me think that I wish I had the opportunity to go to a Tom Waits show just to see who the fuck else is listening to this. I have no... There are people that come out of the shadows. Right. I have no idea what those people would look like. I don't know what, you know, nightmare vampires are like, yeah, that's my jam. Let's get out there and, and sing songs and, and just be sad and frightened. But, yeah, with like, xylophone. Oh, with xylophone. <laughs> you know, but it's made out of a skeleton or whatever. Yeah, this is the song that haunts my nightmares. Uh, and that's why it's on my list, because I can't forget it, no matter how hard I try. You know, it's just... I'm glad that you chose something off of Alice. Alice doesn't get the credit it deserves. It does Because it, it came out the same time with Blood Money. So yeah. So I think both albums never really got there. No, I agree. And I think Blood Money, at least, gets the uh, the credit for being just... A little, a little off the wall, a little crazy. That's the that's the stuff when you're like, oh, you like Tom Waits? Do you like this? And then if you're trying to prove yourself to be cooler, you can be like, here, here we go. Let's listen to like, the you know, God's Way on Business. Like, do you like this? Is this what you like? Are you cool enough to like this? And I was like, I guess, I don't know. I have I have mixed feelings about Blood Money. <clears throat> well. That leads me to number four. Oh, shit. Off the album Blood Money. Oh, 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 oh. Misery is the River of the World. Misery is the River of the World. Just a, And the xylophone. Just a negative-ass, misanthropic Tom Waits song that I have a, a couple memories associated with. Actually. Okay, That's okay. Why. Hit me with one. Well, well, the... the but basically, my dad discovered my fandom of Tom Waits by having to move my car in the driveway, and then he turned the key on, and then, boom, like, you know, Miseries, the River of the World came on, and my dad came back in the house, and he was like, Mike, what the fuck is this Cookie Monster shit you're listening to? <laughs> Why did the monster that lives under my bed record an album? <laughs> but it's just... And I also just have, like, Memories of driving to some girl's house that I didn't give a shit about, and uh-huh. then just feeling it my most evil listening to this, you know. Oh yeah, just, just when your shoulders go up, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. just real creepy. Just if there's one thing you could say about mankind, there's nothing kind about man. Ah, oh, and that resonates. That, this is this is like a real Halloween track, you know. Oh, definitely. I mean, Tom Waits was definitely built for. Halloween stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. like it could be, half the shit could be translated to like Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, absolutely. I would say half of it could be translated to a movie about Ed Gein. Where's that <laughs> movie? Get me that movie. So, wow. So you just cut me down so hard by saying that I know, money and then I know, I know. And I love. Is that is that the one that has 
the music video where the ostriches are like in a hallway. Like oh he's yeah. Like, like kind of creeping his way down a hallway with a bunch of like emus and shit in it, and you're like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, Tom. Oh, selling the song for me. Tom, remember that time you had that song about being an ice cream man? I'm the ice cream man. I like jazz. Well, he's the guy who, who said, well, I don't do jazz as much because I find it too constricting. You know how constricting jazz <laughs> oh, can be. Yeah. I just needed to, uh, you know, channel a nightmare into my music. Just really bring home everything that's wrong with mankind. Which is what brings me to my number four. Uh, my number four is Mr. Siegel off of Heart Attack and Vine. Ah, it's such a great song. Oh my God. It's, it's, I think for me, it's a lot what you were kind of saying with, with, um, uh, uh, Better Without a Wife. Cause I'm like, this is the character Tom Waits really showing who he is. Like, he's like, oh. I put on my shirt and I got my gun and I was fucking a hooker across from my Catholic church. Oh yeah. And it's it's such a oh, this is the the gutter man that character that I want to make. I I think about like the songwriting process and him just him being with like a sketch pad and be like, "Oh yeah, I sold my ass on Fremont Street." <laughs> it's it, it's uh this is a it's just the smooth even like somehow managed to be a sexy song with uh I bet she's still a virgin but it's only 25 to 9 oh Jesus it's just it's like hey let's get that kind of upbeat jazz and I kind of want to do a soft shoe to it and and if you don't listen to the lyrics it's kind of just a fun song and then I'm like I'm gonna burn this town down yeah. shot the moon in the back it's like how every Bob Seger song is like a sleazy ass song that's sung beautifully. Yeah. Where it's like we've got tonight is like, listen, you know, I know you're we're gonna you're gonna leave me forever, but we should fuck one more time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of like, but you don't realize it's more like, aw. It's the thing everyone thinks, but you're not supposed to sing a song about it. Shit. Let alone put it on an album. Oh man. All right. That's number. Is that number four? That was your number four. Oh my god, that means it's already time to go to break. We're gonna go to our first break, and when we come back, we'll we'll have number three and number two uh, Tom Waits songs. That's, that's good stuff. Cause after hearing those last couple songs, I feel like I gotta take a shower. Yeah, wow. yeah, I feel a little, so little gross. I feel a little gross. And remember, kids, if you hear a voice behind you, it's the monster that lives on your head. Welcome back to Top 5. We're counting down our Top 5 Tom Waits songs. We're already living in a hellscape of bachelorhood and sleaze and grime and sludge that's all in Tom Waits' voice and skull. Glad you could come back with us. <sighs> Mike, how are you feeling so far? Are you getting lost in this? I, I am. I'm just, uh, you know what? Let me ask you this, Taylor. Like I said before, this is like the longest conversation we'd ever ha- we've ever had. Yeah. So, how did you get into Tom Waits? Um, I don't remember what the inciting incident was, but I do remember I heard Rain Dogs, and I thought, this is kind of a funny thing. Um, however, I think my whole life I've been searching for Tom Waits, 
as a young man, I would go through, you know, your dad's CDs or whatever they have, and I would find things that I think were what I liked. So I, I pulled out Harry Chapin, like, yeah, like Harry Chapin live, and I'm like, okay, I like a guy who sings and plays his own music. I'm like, okay, I like that. And then I found Billy Joel, and I'm like, okay, I like singing and pianos. This isn't right. And I go, Bob Dylan, I'm like, oh, that was it. It was Bob Dylan. I want someone who writes their own songs, sings poorly. That's what I'm after. <laughs> Until somewhere in college, I found Tom Waits. And I went, oh, that's the one. That's it. There it is. I found it. That's my thing. I want someone who plays the piano and writes their own songs and sings scary music. Uh, uh, and it's weird. It was like a weird, perfect evolution to where I needed to be. And I keep wondering... Is there one more after this? Am I wrong? Is it not Tom Waits? Is it something even weirder? You know, I like to hope that with music and like most tastes in general, that like being asked a favorite or a top five is is like a living, breathing thing. That yes. I think that too many people get like stuck on. Listen, this is my favorite song. You know, I decided this when I was X years old. Right. And then just keep it forever without even reconsidering or taking in new things. Like, I think it's, like, you know, b- like, ballsier to say that, like, this is not who I am anymore. That's, so, that's a good point. Like, going to my first album I ever got in my life was Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Sure. And, you know, I still like it for nostalgic reasons, for mm-hmm. sure. And, and But I... Getting that that road from the beginning to like Harry Chapin, that's a good one. I love yeah, that. right. To uh, to Tom Waits is certainly. Uh, yeah. It's a, it was a road, and the thing is that's for me at fourteen to I probably must have been twenty by the time I heard Tom Waits. Exactly the same. So like, almost yeah, exactly the same. It, it was a long journey, but no, you're you're right. I mean, my favorite song is the Monster Mash, but that wasn't my favorite. I know, I know. Monster Mash is not a is not a bad tune. I uh, <laughs> my roommate Mash played is... it for me some time back. I definitely got an appreciation for it after, after Mon- that. Bobby Boris Pickett is a genius. Um, but uh, yeah, Monster Mash is my favorite song. But for years, I couldn't get over like a classic rock hump of Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin, thinking, "Oh, this is the best there ever will be." And it's hard. You're right. It's hard to say no. I was wrong about that there is other stuff. This is what I'm into now. This is who I am now. And I think that's hard, but it's also more accurate. I, it just, it definitely, those are formative years too, between yeah. 14 and 20, you know, maybe the person you stood, you know, you become when you're in your early twenties into thirties, that's, you know, yeah. okay, I finally figured out the, the real thing. But, yep. No, I agree. All right, Mike, we're at that point. What's okay. your number three? All right, my number three is off the album Small Change, which is a great, great album. And uh, it's probably the not one of the less obvious songs on my list, but it's called Invitation to the Blues. Invitation to the Blues. Which is uh, even a phrase that it's kind of like I incorporate in my lexicon from time to time. I'll be like, you know, oh, should I should I eat this probably expired chicken? That's... Eh, that's an invitation to the blues, Mike. Oh, that is an invitation to the blues. Should I call up that girl I used to see? Well, that's an invitation to the blues. Yep, so this is kind of along the same lines of Better Off Without a Wife and other ones. It's just, you know, grappling with what to do, not not being honest with himself. Ultimately, 
it's about a guy who stops at a diner, falls in love with a, you know, the waitress, probably somebody named Flo or Rita. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And you know, I think that's not a thing that people like to admit that they. We've all been in position situations where we, you know, we go to a place we wouldn't normally go to sure. as often as we go to. Sure. To maybe talk to somebody there, whether it's a bartender or. Sure. You know. You go to a store, you don't need anything, but you know she usually closes, so you swing by. Yep. And, you know, that's, I think that's something that's in all of us, and I think we can relate to that. It's yeah. not a good idea. Not all, no, certainly not all the time. I mean, there's a fine line for anything between, you know, obviously you have to, if somebody doesn't watch you there. <laughs> yeah. But... You know, I mean, obviously, Tom kind of makes an odd decision in that in the song is maybe he doesn't know the wages very well and he's going to leave town but decides to stick around. Mm -hmm. You know, broken it's, down jalopy of the man I left behind. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's a rip. And of course, he's talking about breakfast food. Yeah, that's, that's he's it. He's got a thing for breakfast food. Well, you know, hangover cure. That's true. I mean, it's the thing he does when the bar is closed. Oh, he's still up. He can't sleep. He hasn't done that in 12 years. <laughs> he's got to go to the diner. Get, you know, sad coffee and eggs. Probably black. Probably black. That's why, uh, just why the, the other album, Nighthawks at the Diner. Nighthawks. Uh, Edward Hopper painting, you know? Yeah, what was it? Uh, what, uh, the sausage tried to beat the shit out of the coffee, but the coffee wasn't strong enough to defend itself. <laughs> No, it is. And I think there's something real sad about eating food by yourself. And I think Tom has done it enough. And I think he conveys that well. You know what? There's a, a sadness. I There's people that confidently eat food by themselves. But, uh, you know, it's nobody wants to go to the movies alone. No. Nobody wants to go to the movies alone. However, if you do, it's nice. Yeah. Oh, it is nice. It's great. But, I mean... Which is just an odd thing in and of itself. You're sitting next to somebody in a dark room, not interacting with them at all. Right, right. But it's still more enjoyable to be around with other people. Oh, yeah. It's still more comforting. I mean, I don't want to sit in the dark alone. Yeah. That's the same reason why people fall in love with the diner waitress. It's just nice, sure. to, nice to them for a few minutes. That's the person that talked to you while you were in there by yourself. That's the only person you have in that moment. Man, that's fucking depressing. Man... Man, Mike, Mike. I know it's just. Like I said, I've been watching a lot of. My girlfriend's got me watching Thirteen Reasons Why lately. I'm in a bad space. Yeah, he just been like, <laughs> really going. I only needed three reasons. I don't know why you need a full thirteen. Do it at ten. <laughs> so, Mr. Taylor, what do you got for number three? Bring, uh, us, out, bring us out of that funk. Oh God. Oh God. I Stop. think. I think I can. I think I can actually. My number three is Lucky Day, but it's got to be the one off Glitter and Doom, not the one off the original album, which I think is Black Rider. I want to say it's Black I think you're right. I think I I'm right. I think it's Black Rider. I could look it up. I'm not going to. Um, but it's it's a just a hobo song, kind of. <laughs> It's, oh, there was a girl and I left her for nothing and I just had to go out on the road and one day my father said to me, boy, there's a lot of things in this world you're going to have no use for. And he was right. And it's just such a, a looking back song of 
this is what I am now, and I'm off again, I'm on the road, and I'm not coming back. But I will come back. But I'm not coming back. I'll come back some lucky day. I wonder if we'll ever get to the point in our lives where you and I get our shit together, and then... You know, no, not close oh, to some me, white picket fence bullshit yeah. and 401ks and all that stuff where it's like, you know, put on this track and the wife and the kids go like, why do you listen to this fucking hobo shit? Right? Like, isn't that going to be hard at some point? I mean, it's already weird at parties when we shouldn't be choosing music, but yeah. especially in the, the world of everything is a synthesizer, everything is a computer beat, to be like, yeah, you know what I like? Just like the Gravel Doom guy. That guy. We're going to have to explain that to people. Yeah, just suck. Yeah, you know what? Oh, you know what? We're going to be so uncool. I know, talking about, well, you know, I mean, it takes me back to the time I drank the trough in the, in the bar. Not the, instead of the, uh, the beer trough on a, on a dare. Oh, I thought you meant the one in the bathroom. Uh, the urinal? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, just checking. I, I was like, have you been okay, Mike? It's been a little while. I wanted to... <laughs> no, I, I no, think... It, it, not okay. Yeah, it's just... It's too much. It's, it's too much. To... This is the song that will play when I walk out of that white picket fence, get into my 1962 Buick, and drive off and never come home. <laughs> I'll tell you from that, I'm going to, get, going to get a pack of Huggies. Yeah, I'll be right back. Don't you worry. I'll be back. I'll be back. You just kind of like look at them in the rear view mirror. They know nothing. You're like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> what is that? It was another Tom Waits song. It was like, I'm going to Los Angeles with just a sack of records in the back seat. And I, I can't remember. That's off the new one, uh, New Year's Eve. Oh, okay. It's off of there somewhere. So this this has turned into a, an apology for Taylor's future loved ones that you're this, going to abandon. Yeah. Yeah, this is what this is. I apologize. He might not be sorry, but I'll I'll apologize for him. Oh, I appreciate that, Mike. Yeah. Well, you know, when my kids are are listening to this on their their iPod 9s, do they make iPods anymore? I honestly don't know. I have a Galaxy S4. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, whenever this is getting put in their brains, they'll be like, this was the song Dad said back in the day when he did a podcast. He would leave us. He said it ahead of time. Yeah. My old job, I used to work with uh, veterans on oxygen, and I went to go pick up somebody's oxygen machine, and while I was there, his daughter was boxing up all of his old porn. And I, <laughs> and I feel like that's similar. You know what? That's something you could really leave behind for your family. Just, like, a lot of porn. It was... This is it, what Dad liked? Zero-G jugs? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what? That is very different from when I die tragically in six months. Someone will hopefully erase my browser history, but that is entirely different from someone packing up the physical pornography and just having to hold in their hands the thing that gave me a great big boner. Like, <laughs> like having to hold in their hands like fat girls with strap-ons and be like, huh, that was the thing that got Taylor moving. Huh, that yeah. is... You know, put that make, in this bag here. It makes me think of the the person who finds the the dead person who died of auto rock asphyxiation. Like you're hanging from the ceiling fan. You got grandma's sweater on. Oh, there. The Angola is the only thing that works for me. <laughs> Put in your hand, and of course you die, so you shit everywhere. I would yeah, imagine. that's true. 
So That's true. I wonder if you'd keep your boner because the blood's not in your head because you're dead. Maybe it's somewhere else. I don't know. This is the kind of thing that when you listen to Tom Waits, you get to these kind of these kind of things. It these brings things. you this place, and yeah. it normalizes that place. If you auto-erotic asphyxiate yourself, do you still hold the boner? And when I was hanging, auto-erotic asphyxiated, will I still have a boner for you? Perfect. It's always about a girl. Absolutely. All right, Mike. Very is... selfless. He still wants to. <laughs> That's the thing. It's still about a girl. What? All right. I, this doesn't always work, but I I have a thought that every song is broken down, and you know it's about a girl. I and believe it. That's not a new theory, but it's still probably true. And you know Mozart was like more symbols here, because I miss Diana. <laughs> you know what? I the progression of songs about a girl. I always. And Tom Waits says, like, you know, in the middle there of, like, I want to be your only shiny thing. No. Oh. But, which I love that song, too. But going from, like, B.B. King song Sweet Little Angel, and it mm-hmm. goes, I got a sweet little angel. I love the way she spread her wings. Hey. Like, oh, that's, ooh, that's a little sexy, a little dirty, right, especially for 50s, right. 60s. And then you get to, like... Notorious B.I.G., I'm fucking you tonight. <laughs> so There's a lot of ladies that should be having my baby. It's still baby. about a it's still about a girl. It's still about a girl. Shit, that is probably the primary motivating factor in life. It's about a girl. Or a boy. I'm not here to say anything. I'm just saying girls fuck you up better. Oh. Michael, what is your uh what are we up to? Number two now? Number two. I promised myself I wouldn't forget anymore. I usually forget one number and but I scared. <laughs> the, the, the guests because they're like wait we're only on three shit I like how you, I would hope that it's like I thought it would be you fucking up and saying like this is your number five like five different times and you never like <laughs> that get would there. be great and we never get there we just do a three hour episode <laughs> or you just you forget the fifth one and do four and you don't even, don't <laughs> we even don't, and then we have one extra at the very end like wait no I wrote down f- ah shit here's oh, yeah. number zero. Oh, by the way my favorite Christmas song is Jingle Bells bye nice ooh my favorite Christmas song is Christmas Card from a Hooker. In Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. I knew, ah. Uh, Which is also, she mentions Valentine's Day too. Mike, what is your number two Tom Waits song? My, fa- my number two favorite Tom Waits song is the title track off Heart of Saturday Night. Okay, all right. I, that's, that was one of the first albums I had from him. That's, it's, it's a great album, and I think... More so than perhaps other Tom Waits songs, it definitely has kind of a theme. The early albums do have more of like a, like a consistency of sound. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, simple, I agree. Like whether it's just like even Black Rider is just screaming and bullets and killing and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. But you know, well, since since you don't really know me super well, and it's funny <clears throat> that Tom Waits is my favorite artist of all time. Uh-huh. That I, if somebody asked me what kind of music that I like, I would lead with. Uh, I would say that I love old soul music. And, and, then, and then somebody be like, "What's your who's your favorite artist?" And I go, "Tom Waits." Obviously. It's soul music. Yeah, that's it. You know, Al Green, Bobby Womack, Marvin Gaye, that kind of shit. That's, that's a that's, good point. But so I think that ju- the juxtapose of those two things is though the old soul music and the simple love songs and all that stuff is who I think that I uh, who I want to be and get there unattainable. Tom Waits is who I am. Uh, that's a good point because we're definitely never going to be Al Green because <laughs> we're very white but also 
he's too cool. Absolutely. It's just, like, even right now, I'm sitting in gym shorts, shirtless, you know, the... I'm, this is why we take it on the road, because guests can be naked. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but Heart of Saturday Night is a song... It's... For as negative as Tom Waits' song seems, there's always a small amount of, of hope, and either it's this looking back to nostalgic times that maybe even weren't as good as they really actually were. No, but, but that's like, the definition of nostalgia, you know? Yeah, but the heart of Saturday night is, you know, is when you go out on a Friday night, or I mean, I got a Friday, but I got a Saturday night, anything can happen. Oh, yeah. And it's just getting off and all the city and sights and sounds of anything that could happen. I think it's a hopeful song because if you listen to it on a Monday, you're like, don't you worry. I'm going to find that Saturday night. It'll be there. It's waiting for me and I'll find it. You know, well, I mean... And then you end up at a diner and you <laughs> turn out Saturday night was actually Nighthawks. That's, and then if you look at the, the post-heart of Saturday night is actually the album cover itself of the disheveled Tom Waits hand on the back of the head and look yep. at that and call, I mean, Hooker right behind him. Yep, just the... Oh, I've ended up here. It always reminded me kind of of the cover for uh, Ziggy Stardust. Just like a guy out in the dark, you know. You're like, is he a musician or a pimp or a, you know, just, just someone in... Or, or even, um, oh, what's the Van Gogh Cafe where it's like, this is... I'm out in the dark. There's just a little bit of light in this one welcoming spot, but I'm still out in the dark. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh. Oh. It's good stuff. I know, it's just, ah. Uh, I just feel it. Getting off the couch is the equivalent of the... Uh, getting off the couch grunt is like the orgasmic Tom Waits, listening to Tom Waits noise. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, Tom Waits is probably not... Okay, the character of Tom Waits, because I do want to differentiate, and I, I have to. The character of Tom Waits, not something to look forward to. However, Mike, I want to ask... Do you ever find yourself in, like, a Tom Waits situation and think this is kind of cool? Oh, I mean, I... It's obviously, if it's... It's tough, because it means it's, it involves, like, an ownership of of every step of the way, a million small choices that aren't oh, good yeah. to be in that Tom Waits situation. Like I was saying, I'm going over to some girl's house I don't care, you know, I don't care about. You know, maybe she was an exotic dancer. Sure, perhaps just, she was. And it's just like, this is... But then again, the the character Tom Waits is very is very has lived the life very true to himself. I mean, there's songs about you know women, and he was somebody who's faithfully married. But, sure. But I, I think about a, a small anecdote from uh, when Tom Waits was on Letterman, uh-huh. and he he's talking about having kids and stuff, which is obviously when you talk you know about give, selling your ass on Fremont Street, yeah. and he's, then he's talking about being a father. It doesn't you know yeah. doesn't necessarily stick. I mean, Benny Mardonis is still singing about when she was uh, 16 years old, leave her alone, they say. You yeah. gotta cut that shit out. Yeah, she's, what, 70? <laughs> but he's talking about going on a field trip with, uh, I mean, being like a chaperone for his kids at school. Yeah. And the he's like, alright, we went to the music store and I thought, you know what, somebody will recognize me, so... I'll stand back by the stand by the piano, and he sits stands there politely and thinks somebody be like, "Oh, hey, you're Tom Waits, you know? Yeah. Ask me to play something. Who knows or whatever." And it's just, I like just you know that was probably the realization that like he was a little more on the B side, for sure. Then he gets into, well, and then you know I took the kids the, to the dump, 
everybody there knew who I was. People were people were coming at me. Tom Waits true to himself. I mean, he's even using his songs and such in, in commercials is something that he can't fucking stand and is oh, sued yeah. every single time. Oh, yeah, because and he, he'll sue you if you fake a Tom Waits. Oh, yeah, because even, the, which is the most, I, the biggest use of, uh, ironic use of a song, like yeah. Step Right Up, yeah. which is about, like, you know, Step Right Up, selling things, commercialization. Yeah, it's flim flam, man. Yeah, this product uh, will solve all your issues. Julian's this is fries, what you need. You know. Gives it'll, you an erection, it wins the election. It'll get you a job. It is a job. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure somebody used it for a Frito commercial. That sounds about right. Yeah, I think I know it was a, a chips or something of that nature. I know that much. But I do appreciate the fact that like you did occasionally a Tom Waits song will come up in something because it's like uh, it's like that. Yeah, I know this, but for something that's worthwhile because it means that like Tom himself has signed off on it. You know, like uh, the Wire theme song. Like, oh, that's right. Way down in the hole. Pretty cool. Different, different covers of. Yeah, it, yeah. And, you know, he was. Uh, they did. Um, uh, Hell broke loose in season one of Punisher. There's oh one yeah. It's in like, and and I was like, oh cool, Tom Waits song, and then I went, oh no, and then the Punisher's just beating people to death with a sledgehammer, and it's like, Hell broke loose, and I'm like, oh right, yeah, that that all fits, and I'm like, I. It's weird to see like a lot of violence and also a song I I think is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, and then and it's Tom Waits doesn't get that mainstream exposure, obviously, despite somehow being in the Rock Hall of Fame, which I can't possibly believe even happened. Every just... year they usually have like one kind of alternative guy, and I think that's what they brought him in for. Because usually there's like the, you know, the old guy who did like one song that's super famous, and then like they bring him in as like the. Kind yeah. of like the grandfathered in person. And then it'll be, be like the fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers. And you're like, what the fuck? It's going to be a weird, like, you know, bunch of years coming it, up for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, I think it really will. Because now that they've got pretty much every classic punk band is in there now. Oh, yeah, Green Day just got in? Yeah, I can't, I can't do it. Like, I was like, I can't believe the Ramones are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, even though they basically invented punk rock. I'm not getting into that. That's a whole. Thing. Oh, that's oh, it's, oh, you're getting into the as far as yeah, like not. They don't qualify as uh, yeah. like like uh, Grandmaster Flash. Yeah. Oh, hip hop is coming into the Rock and Hall of Fame, and I'm like, it's cool that you want to honor these guys, and you're right. That's not the name of your Hall of Fame. It's just rock and roll. And soon you're gonna get people that don't even like. Uh, like sing or play music that just they're like DJs. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like they don't even have any really. Never picked up an instrument in their lives, and it's tough because I'm like, I don't want to only say guitar rock can be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but also the idea of rock and roll should not have a Hall of Fame, a museum maybe, but not. That's um, not what. I'm certainly a believer in like alternative inst- alternative instruments, like a uh, Chocolate Jesus. Oh, sings into a, a megaphone? A megaphone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that's <laughs> yeah. a song. That was, I had a, like a falling out with my roommate in college, and he would, and we probably spoke to each other like ten times. He was, I don't know, he was like self-loathing about his race, being mm-hmm. half Irish and half Filipino. Okay. And I, that's, you know, t- tangent, but I used to drive him, <clears throat> eventually, eventually I drove him nuts by just playing Chocolate Jesus as loud as possible. I always play that on Easter. Ain't no chocolate Jesus. What number are we on? Two still? Yeah, your number two. My number two. All right. All right. 
My number two is my wake-up song. This is the song I usually listen to in the morning when I'm getting up and I'm making breakfast. I feel like I'm bracing myself when you said this is my wake-up song. This is my wake-up. No, you don't have to. My actual wake-up song is... Fuck it, let's play my alarm real quick. Real quick. Because my actual wake-up song is amazing. Does it play? Does it play? Whatever. Fuck you. Oh! Oh! We can edit all this out. You know what? Is that a healthy way to start the day? Like you should like ease on in the name of Jesus. Wake up! The Lord told me to tell you to wake up. You kind of like are you? Is that how you ease on into the day? Are you? No, I I can't. Uh, If I hit snooze, I will not go to work that day. I agree. I it's probably. That goes back to the why I like Tom yeah. Waits. That I always thought that if I sat and thought about it for a second, yeah. I'd probably think that I don't want to put my fucking socks no, on today. No, absolutely not. I, if if I could wake up to a physical attack every day, I would subscribe to that. <laughs> like if someone could like just jump on me every morning and I have to fight them every morning, I would subscribe to that. You know what? I I think I hope that we're doing Mr. Waits justice, but I think between uh, you know uh, zero G jugs and wake up attacks <laughs> and you know, hookers and that oh. kind of stuff. Oh, I yeah. think that this this might be as close as we could get. I think this is really a, the most Tom Waits life we'll ever get without, you know, getting AIDS. Um, <laughs> excellent. It's a thing. Yeah, that's it. I that's worry it. sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of AIDS, my number two is uh, Get Behind the Mule. So it's, it's just a real bluesy riff, and in the morning... The, the line is, you just got to get behind the mule and plow. So every morning, I wake up and I go, all right, get behind the mule. Here we go. Put on the shoes, put on the bag, go to work, and just plow. However, years later, after really enjoying the song in the morning, I went, is he fucking the mule? <laughs> you got to get behind that mule and plow. Wow. That's, uh... <sighs> Right? And I was like, is he fucking that mule? And I mean, the rest of it's like cowboy stuff. Like, you know, the, the widow James was shot in the street by the brothers. I mean, just... You know what? I would say that my gut would say that it's not about fucking a mule. But I would bet there's one Tom Waits fan that's like, yeah, I, I fuck mules and this speaks to me. Yeah. He heard the song and he was like, yeah, that mule's asking for it. Well, if it's good for Tom... If it, is like, that a good way to... If it's good for Tom Waits, it's good for me? Is hey, that Tom a, Waits for no man. Um, that's right. I used to have a pin that said that when I worked at FYE. Um, when I was cool. Did you ever have people buy any Tom Waits albums when you were at FYE? I suggested Tom Waits to someone one time because... Yes, some people did buy it. It, like, it would sell, mostly to me. But someone was looking for they were really into the black keys and oh, some okay. other stuff that was like kind of bluesy rootsy folksy yeah and like there was nothing at that time in like the mid 2000s that sounded like 
that really that yeah. was modern or at least that I could help them with. So I was like, here's the Felice brothers. I didn't think they were around then. But yeah, I, was like, I don't think so either. I was like, you could try Tom Waits. And like he went to the listening station and listened. He goes, I think this guy swallowed a cigar. This is bad. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. Over here, the, descri- the description for Tom Waits' voice is being uh, whiskey-soaked sandpaper. Mm. But going to Bla- it's funny that you mentioned the Black Keys because I thought of them earlier in that I respect the Black Keys for the exact opposite reason I mentioned earlier about respecting Tom Waits about the commercials. Oh, yeah. Because Black Keys shit is in everything. Everywhere. And then they were on like uh, an episode of like I think The Daily Show or Colbert Report yeah. and they had a sellout off <laughs> about like you know who sold out more. That's and, not uh, bad. I guess well, you know what? Gets you music out there, makes you some money. Yeah. But also, is that the root of evil? Is that the worst thing you can do, or is it just an okay? Yeah. Or I, can, I don't know if I can give a pass to that. I honestly don't know. You know, McCartney and Let. I remember something Paul McCartney said. Okay. About he was like, you know what? We I write songs and they mean they mean a lot of them mean a lot or whatever. And but sometimes John and I would sit down and here's the quote. He's like, "All right, let's write a swimming pool." <laughs> Uh, you know what? You're right. You're right. You, so, you gotta. And you know what? If someone was like, hey, we'd like to advertise on top five, we'd be like, yeah, I'll fucking sell whatever. I don't care. What? What is it? Blood Diamonds? Yeah, sure. Thanks for listening to Top Five. This week we're sponsored by De Beers. Don't forget to get the new Chocolate Stone for your lady. It's brown because it's filled with impurities. Chocolate <laughs> Stones. For your lady who wants to give up the butt. The lady who wants to get, want you to get behind the mule. Get behind the mule. But yeah, this is my <laughs> this is my get shit done song. Um, it was actually the first vinyl I bought was this, and it starts it was mule variations and starts with big in Japan, which is a weird song. Yeah. Big in Japan, I'm a, big in Japan. A weird song that like that thing about the, the choices of Tom Waits songs that have videos too yeah is like okay this, oh this needs to, this needs visual visual this representation needs, I need more of that I want to look at that song <laughs> I need that that one's going to be on MTV5 <laughs> at 3 in the morning because they yeah. only show music videos late at night that's wow. actually how I got insomnia when I was a kid like I MTV would only show music videos from 3 o'clock to like 7 in the morning and I would stay up all night to watch music videos because like my computer didn't do video YouTube wasn't really a thing yet that's the another conversation you're gonna have to have with your loved ones that you have to explain yeah. why <clears throat> how you got insomnia from watching music videos on TV oh yeah <laughs> they're gonna make music videos I'm like well they would make little movies for songs you know like TV I'm like okay it was this thing someone would send a signal to your television and you would watch that like why don't you just watch it during the day I'm like because it was only on I couldn't choose when to watch it like just what do you and even now I can't fathom me like oh 8 o'clock time to watch Big Bang like what what watch it when I want to watch it fuck it I'll wait till it ends and then I'll watch it three years later even going back to the time it's like we used to rank music videos and well there was this and there was this one time where this song called the Bum Bum Song was too popular and they had to retire it <laughs> Absolutely. We used to have these things called VJs, and it was a guy on TV who would play the music video to us. Like, he'd play it, like, well, he'd say, this is coming up next. And we liked that guy for that reason. <laughs> that was his job. 
This is the music video you're about to watch, and we're like, cool. I think that, going back to Time Waste, there is, like, a, a small bias that I have to, if if you're, an like, somebody who would be, as an unattractive person or voice, then, and you somehow make it, you have to be way more talented than everybody I, else. I always appreciate an unattractive artist, and I got in trouble for saying this one time, but I'm going to go with it because I'm right. Adele is an amazing Adele singer. Adele was I was thinking, and too. And you know how I know she's amazing? Because she's chubby, and I don't want to have sex with her. I mean, I would, but I don't specifically want to. Like, I wouldn't say no, but I wouldn't. Well, I'm, I'm actually, you know what? Shameless. Now for the story. But, <laughs> there but, you go. Yeah, she has, like, two kids. Anyway, but, yeah. No, she, uh, <laughs> okay, I, uh, that that would have stopped I me. Mean, I'm pretty shameless. That's that was, that's was I appreciate the two yeah, kids one. Yeah. I give, give but, pause. But, yeah, no, and, and it, for her to be good, to be, to be popular... She is incredibly talented because every other artist other than Kesha is just, oh, I just want to fuck him. That is and a Kesha, real... I don't even want to fuck, and I don't know why she's popular. Sorry, it's always bothered me. That is a real thing. Adele was the first one that came to my mind, too, yeah. so that's, that's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. And, and then... about who, you know, if, like, even, like, somebody like Billy Joel came out right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Five foot two Billy Joel. Yeah. Weird or... little curly-haired little Jew. Like, I, I don't... <laughs> I, I, you know, actually, I actually had the same exact thought and didn't know whether or not he was Jewish. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, he's from New York. I don't know. Because Billy Joel's obviously... And I actually feel like I should know it. He's obviously not a real name. Well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. His, you know, his real name's William Joel. Oh, there there yeah. it is. It's Joel... Joelstein. It's Joelman. I don't Joelberg. know. Joelberg. Joelberg. I don't know. I think he is. I don't know. This, but, wow, this got a... You know, this guy... The moral of the story is we have to get him out of the country now um, for safety. Uh, but yeah, and that's that's a big thing. And I think even like, uh, you know, Tom Petty is not a good looking man. No, I... I usually use Mick Jagger, but I realized times were different then and somehow he was considered attractive, which oh, is very confusing. Tom Waits would never be confused with a sex symbol. Oh, no, I never. Mean, I don't know when Mick Jagger and uh, where Bowie were singing that two inches away from each oh, other yeah. and that like that weird video. It's just oh, dancing in the street. Yeah, exactly. The one that proves that they definitely had sex. <laughs> that and who wrote? Uh, who's the uh, Peter Townsend wrote an autobiography and he said I had sex with Mick Jagger in it, and the world didn't implode, which was cool. But I was like, any comment, Mister Jagger? He was like, I don't like men. I don't like cock, but Mick Jagger's cock is yummy. And I went, <laughs> I knew they were all fucking each other. Is that the same, like, bio, like Pete Townsend book where he was doing the research in quotes for Oh, yeah, uh, for, yeah and he got all porn? that child porn? Probably, you know, for his research, for the book. Maybe that's research. why people, the, the, the Mick Jagger thing yeah. slipped through the cracks. Maybe that is it. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he was also... <laughs> looking at children. Oh, that might be it. That might be you it. Know, there are different times. Even uh, um, Keith Richards, he he got arrested for a whole bunch of coke. Yeah. And so the, he brought out this character witness, this blind woman, <laughs> to say that he was a good guy and uh, it was a boys will be boys and the judge ordered him to do a free concert for the blind and he was good. So Not bad. Not it's, bad. It's good to have money. Yeah. Um, we'll never know. We'll never know. And neither will you. When we come back with our number one Tom Waits song. Stay tuned.
back to top five. It's the moment you've all been waiting for, the moment that you've been crying into your beer, wishing would come. It's the heart of top five. It's our number one Tom Waits song. Mike, I'm afraid. Well, you probably should be, but for maybe a little bit of a different reason. Okay. As I alluded to earlier, I'm a bit of a love song guy. Okay. You know, get a little, get a little sentimental. So, my favorite Tom Waits song is Little Trip to Heaven. What? Off Closing Time. So, what? I know, but right. I just, I have a couple good memories associated with it, and it's like, when you get into that kind of situation where you gotta show a girl a song or play a little bit of music or whatever, sure. and and not not like a making love song, but to try to show that maybe you're a real sensitive person. Sure. Because, you know, I think people off the jump aren't necessarily just receptive to just new songs or like hey play this song for me and usually it's like uh, how long is it yeah right but it's just a good solid rock solid love song especially juxtaposed with like misery is the river of the world oh yeah like probably at the end you know the song ends with a shoobadoo ba ba da <laughs> you know very it's got a little scatting in it I, I think that <clears throat> closing time is my favorite Tom Waits album mm-hmm and it wouldn't be considered a classic Tom Waits because, as you can hear, it's it's a crooner kind of song. Oh, yeah. Without being, you know, overtly cheesy. Yeah, no, and absolutely. I, I think looking at, like, the start of his career to a really grawly deterioration, hookers and drinking and that kind of thing of, like, you know, this is maybe is representative of, like, you know, all the foundation is here. Yeah. For all of that stuff. Oh, absolutely. All of these songs. You know, things that are true to all of us. Like loneliness and isolation and pining after the things we want and not getting there and not having the... Not getting it. Cur- yeah, not getting it. And not having Not going about it the right way. <laughs> so I, that's why I think that even the existence of the rest of his career elevates these songs. But at the end of the day, it's just a, a good, dreamy... Love yeah. song that's not, you know, that has great metaphor and lines, and you can. The idea of it's nice, even if it doesn't feel like it's actually attainable. Right. It's it's a sweet like, well, song. Yeah. This is this is real. I feel like we're getting. You're letting me in here, Mike. I know. This I is. Like, uh, I feel like I'm seeing, the music Mike puts on when he kind of takes a girl home, but he's not sure if it's gonna go anywhere. And he just wants to kind of impress her a little, but not really. You kind of open up just a smidgen. Exactly. There's a... Uh, you know, before you get behind the mule. <laughs> it's, it, it loses the fact that I, I mean, suggests that I might be something that I'm probably not. But right. it's all part of the same Tom Waits, so I'm being, I'm being honest enough. Character. It's being all character. It's all character. That's fair. But it's just, you know, I've... I've had songs like this playing that I, I just love in and of itself where I'll be with a girl and she'll be like, did you put this on because I'm in the car? And I go, are you fucking crazy? I love this. You know. Actually, I was with a, a friend of mine uh-huh. and we got pulled over. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> because I pulled out in front of a cop a little too much, got onto the street and, you know, and uh, he was terrified. Yeah. Because we were both 18. I think we made a run to the casino or something. And then he's like, I'm just, you know, switching CDs. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, it's Marvin Gaye, brother. It's nighttime. It's nighttime. It's nighttime. Yeah. Come on. 
So, Come on. There it is. Shooting there it is. <sighs> oh. So I am excited the fact that your number one will be so likely dissimilar to... Pretty well, maybe, dissimilar. Maybe we can find some common ground, though. Pretty dissimilar, but not entirely. Not as much as you'd think. Uh, my number one is Green Grass. Oh, okay. Off of Real Gone, which is not an album I'm crazy about. It's the Me one neither. with no piano. It's 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 almost a hip hop album because it's it's a really a lot of driving beats. It, that's the the one that has um. There's a. It's a song that has almost no like music to it. It's a very this is a very weird album. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like. No, I'm thinking of Paul Burke Loose again, but like hoist that rag and stuff oh, like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and that's on there, but but this is just a song about being dead. It's a song about I'm buried, I'm gone, sorry I'm gone, please visit me, you know, lay down in the green grass of the earth above me, and you'll never be rid of me. Really, I'm still around. A tree will grow out of me. I'm around. And something is very comforting in the song to be, well, I'm dead, I'm buried. It's not a problem. I'll still be around. It's kind of thinking, since we're getting you know toward the end, thinking about the scope of the closing time is like, is like the uh, is more about the the feelings that drive us to do more negative things. Is that mm-hmm. still very hopeful, very positive love songs, that, those kind of things, and then you get into like, you know, just into Heart of Saturday Night, where it's like, all right, you know, I'm lonely, drinking, that kind of thing. It's not full blown. The voice is mm-hmm. getting a little raspier. <clears throat> then you get into like the, the famous sequence of, you know, I'm a rain dog. Yeah. And. and Swordfish trombones and the growly and the full on, you know, the depravity. Full cookie monster. And then you get to, you know, a little bit where, you know what? I'm like the song like this where I am dead. There's some peace. Yeah. Dreaming. It's not my problem anymore. Yeah. And it really, it really plays into my weird comfort of being dead and how comfortable that feels to me. And I know we. we, we, we Suicide's a real problem, kids. You know, oh, yeah, call no. people. But I'm always like, eventually I'm going to be dead, and you know what? I will have cool, moist earth above me, and I won't have to worry I mean, about it. I am by no means of any sort of anything for... Oh, this is the whistle, whistle yeah. solos. I've yeah, yeah. had a couple songs with good whistle solos, but just, I guess in some sense that it is... Even if you say you're a hyper-religious person, I sure. imagine both of us are not. No. <laughs> No, we, we listen to Tom Wait, anyway. That's very. I true. only love chocolate Jesus. But it's it's uh, death is even in that sense is a release. Absolutely. For where this is more, you know, solely relief of yeah pain and loneliness and that kind sure. of thing, and, and not all like that. and not gaining any faux thing that you'd like to think is there. Right, and I think most world religions will agree that this world sucks. And it's just about what they promise you for afterwards. But the main thing is a, a release. Uh, this is, uh, you know, I, I appreciate your top five very much, Taylor. Definitely, uh, you know, a lot of music, it's like, 
And I think he gave me more of it because those songs were not necessarily except for Mr. Se- Mr. Siegel. Yeah. Were you know my quick picks, but it definitely don't get the opportunity <clears throat> very often to talk to another Tom Waits fan. I was so glad <clears throat> when you picked this. I'm like right up my alley. I'm never gonna have a chance to do this one again. Absolutely. But it's uh, you know it's been you never you never get that. Uh, I'm trying to think what I want to say. It's just. It's just been a nice appreciation for I've had uh, and for a reason I even a little trip to heaven which is my favorite song mm-hmm. is when I first listened to the album that wasn't the one no but it's just more like a me thing that okay over time we'll see what sticks and then okay that's what I actually like right that's yeah, right without, and you change yeah and you find out what happens that's right oh man do you have any uh, do you have any honorable mentions you want to talk about you know. Uh, we didn't get into like we were, uh, you know, a lot of the ones that people were like, oh, check out this crazy song. Anything, nothing from Rain Dogs. I know Rain Dogs is the, uh, you know, it's Rolling Stone has uh, the top five hundred yep. albums, but yep. you know, I don't. Not that I go by that kind of shit anyway. It's just nice yeah. that Tom Waits is even on it, but I think Rain Dogs itself was quintessential. The song itself yep. is quintessential Tom Waits listening, especially the the idea of the Rain Dog is. Mm-hmm. Very Tom Waits. A rain, a rain dog is, a you know, is a a dog that can't find its way home because the rain washed away the scent. Yeah, absolutely. And we're all rain dogs. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then throw some fucking accordion in there, and you yeah. So why not? We got the accordion stuff, and then later I will fall out of the window with confetti in my hand. <laughs> it, it, that's a great album, you know. All together, even in some of the spoken word songs, like the one in Alice is really good. Um, yeah. Watch her as she disappear, and ninth, you know, a good buddy of mine, Pat, did one podcast. He's uh, he said mentioned Ninth and Hennepin as being a song he likes. And yeah. All the donuts have names that sound like prostitutes. And <laughs> yeah. then even if Tom talked about that later, he's like he's like, Yeah, you know, Ninth and Hennepin, that's that was a real place and yeah. now they've cleaned it up and it's gentrified. You can you can buy shoes there. Oh yeah. Yeah, he, I think he said something similar about like the nickel fifth street. He's like, Yeah, I got a nice pair of sandals there with my wife. Well, this makes me want to Google heart attack and vine and see what's going on there now. There's probably like a <laughs> you know, I like you're gonna get sponsored it's Starbucks. by it's gonna be Chili's and Chili's. They're, they're gonna sponsor. Whoa, 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 yeah, they sponsor us. Don't say anything oh. bad about Chili's. Two for five apps uh, during happy hour and buy one get one drinks. That one's true. They're the littlest beers you ever did see. You know, and there's somebody right now that's talking to a, talking to a bartender on a Sunday afternoon at Chili's, thinking, you know, I hope I don't fall in love with her. Oh, it's, that's your time waits. I'll never say anything better than that. Guys, this has been top five. I'm ending it early. I don't care. That's the last thing I want. I'm going to shut up now. Mike, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. I really appreciate it. Well, Well, you guys out there, stay sad. (laughs) 